Greetings and welcome to episode 63 of the Chirping the Cats podcast. I am your host, David Dwork, here with you once again. And man, what should be the, uh, I guess this is the final pod of the regular season. Hopefully hopefully not the entire season, but the way things have been going over the last few days, it's it's not looking so good for the Panthers. Uh, we'll just jump right into it. Uh, there's heading into play, recording this uh, Tuesday. So heading into play tonight, the Panthers... Three points behind Pittsburgh for the last playoff spot. Five back of the Islanders for the first wild card spot. Florida has eight games left. Pittsburgh has nine games left. The Islanders have seven games left. Uh, the Panthers have lost four in a row. After completely on the heels of a seven-game point streak that had six wins, uh, they were looking as good as they had all year. And then in Philadelphia, or no, in Detroit, excuse me, Sam Ryan or Sam Bennett. Man, I'm just, I'm a mess, guys. I'm a mess. In Detroit last week, Sam Bennett gets hurt. Undisclosed injury. Paul Maurice said it's something he's dealt with before. I certainly have my suspicions based off of the way that the play happened. I broke it down in a story. Uh his history either way uh he's been out now four games they've lost all four point streak over losing streak activated worst time of the season uh, and that second line man oh boy was that second line clicking with bennett in the middle verhage on the left Kachuk on the right oh man so active consistent Scary to face. It didn't matter which players the opposing teams would throw at them. Best defenders, best offensive players, didn't matter. There was just so much muscle and skill on that line. It was a great line. When Anthony Duclair came back and kind of infused his speed and allowed a little bit more trickle-down depth to the lineup, It that's when really all the pieces were in place. And and that's was kind of what could have been the issue with the Panthers this season that we knew coming in was going to be an issue was the lack of depth. And because of the salary cap restraints, the inability to recoup the depth that they lost in the offseason when Mason Marchment, Claude Giroux, even guys like Nolichari... You can't really make up for that. And we're seeing that this year. With Patrick Hornquist out for so long, yeah, it allowed the cap, it allowed Duke to come in without having any, any, any major issues. But losing Hornquist, that was tough to get over because he was built into a lineup. He was built into that bottom six. He was built into the net front power play. So that depth that came with Duke coming back with the second line clicking, Sam Reinhart got on a hot streak. But once Bennett went down, the team just lost something. It's been abundantly clear over the last four games that their level of play has just dropped off. They did not look good against the Flyers in Philly. Not good. Did not look good against the Maple Leafs, against the Rangers at home. Two must-win games on home ice, packed house. And now they go on the road to Ottawa, 
a tough building to play, but a, look, a winnable game. Ottawa has not been playing particularly well. Far from it. And the Panthers, again, story of the season, right? Five on five, they look good. Probably get more chances than the other team, more shots than the other team. And special teams, falters. Goaltending doesn't come up with big saves. There's just too many holes that are apparent with this team. I uh, did want to just kind of talk about, I mentioned before the Sam Reinhardt's hot streak. It, it's pretty ridiculous how streaky he's been this season. It's, <laughs> I mean, it, just looking at the the streak of points, the streak of no points, the, and the way that that comes in bunches. Um, I think he, he just wrapped up a six-game point streak where he had, I think, a five-game, four or five-game goal streak during there. He had nine points in the six-game streak, 21 shots on goal. That's, you know, Sam Reinhart. That was most of the last season he was on that, on that kind of a run. Then he goes two straight games without a point. He only gets four shots on goal, minus four rating. And uh, that in Ottawa yesterday, as I said, recording this on a Tuesday, uh, he had the one assist that came from behind the goal line where he banked the puck off the boards up to Gus Forsling, who one timed at home. Um, but no shots. Uh, <laughs> what can you make of it? Because Sam Reinhardt, when he, even when he's not scoring, he's still impacting the game in positive ways. He was great in the face-off circle last night. He's been a great face-off guy for the Panthers. You don't think of him as a face-off guy, um, particularly since like mid-January. He's uh, winning face-offs at over 50%, which is would be the only other guy on the team doing that is Sasha Barkov. Um, Reinhardt's been doing the, the right side draws a lot. He had a couple big wins in a, in a power play against Ottawa that unfortunately didn't materialize into goals, but with the loss of Bennett and paying paying a bit more attention to the the potential impact and what Sam Reinhart does for this team, it's probably a better better thing that they did not trade him at the trade deadline. Just moving forward with the team, and at this point, you have to start thinking about the future. Uh, you know, this isn't like a one and done Panthers team. They're built to to be a competitive, contending team. And I would imagine there are going to be moves made this offseason with the flexible. Uh, flexibility under the cap that they're going to have, some money to spend. Um, yeah, they've got something here with this core when it's healthy. Barkov or Haiti, Duclair, Bennett, Reinhardt, Lusterinen. That's just in the forwards. Goaltending. Can't get away from me without talking about goaltending. After the Ottawa game, Sergei Bobrovsky has now given up four or more goals in three straight games and five of his last seven starts. In those seven games, the Panthers are 1-3-1. and one. Um, Bob started 20 of Florida's 22 games since early February. The two of them that he didn't start, the Panthers gave up six goals in each. One of them was a Spencer Knight start. One of them was an Alex Lyon start. So it's not just Bob, but, and it's, yeah, it's beating a dead horse at this point, right? But the Panthers goaltending has been decent, mediocre, average, okay, which is fine unless you're paying a huge chunk of your salary cap to it 
And again, is that something that could be visited in the offseason? Perhaps. You need a willing dance partner to pull off a move like that with a contract like that. I don't know how anxious the front office would be to taking on more dead cap money and if they were to try to trade Bob and retain some of the salary just after getting out from the albatross that they are getting out of between the Yandel buyout. Just generally the situation they've been in this season. So, But they've got a really really perform above their salaries in terms of the rest of the roster if you're going to make up for having an average goalie making that much money. And yes, at this point, you have to average out the highs and the lows with Sergei Bobrovsky. And there are some high highs. He, last night in Ottawa, back-to-back great saves. It was on, I think, Debrinket and maybe it was Pinto. Um, where he made a breakaway save on Debrinkat, and then the, the follow came, and he made this great glove save. You know, pushed off with the right skate, made you know, pushed to his left, nice windmill looking save, throwback, whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah, those great moments. He's got that in him, but then he gives up sweepers. He gives up sharp angle shots. It, it just maybe not a goal that you want to harp on him about. But when you're supposed to be an elite goaltender, when you're considered in that realm when you're making that kind of money those are the saves you need to come up with otherwise you're really hurting your team and that's not on bob you know he didn't write himself that check so it's not his fault but it is what it is forgive me for sticking with the negative uh, vibe but uh i also want to talk about aaron eckblad Oof, man, it's been a rough year for Aaron Eckblad, but I feel like in the last month, month and a half or so, it's really kind of fallen off a cliff. Uh, he had an assist in Ottawa, which snapped a five-game scoreless streak. Five games without a point for Aaron Eckblad. That, over, you know, looking back at the last couple of years, that would have seemed like, whoa. He's been that consistent. He's built himself into an, a Norris Trophy caliber defenseman. That's what he was entering this season. I'm sure it's still in there. Like he, you know, he talked about earlier in the year that he battled injuries early, came out of it. You know, he felt better, but perhaps things have flared up again. I, I've said it before on this podcast: injuries are not something I like to harp about and talk to players about, talk to coaches about. They don't want to talk about it. It's just, you know, let's not go there. But it's clear that something is up with Ekblad. He. He's way too good of a player to look as, I don't know, mediocre as he has this year, because that's not him. In his last 19 games, 19 games, okay, he has four points, three goals, and the one assist from the Ottawa game. This is Aaron Ekblad. This is a very skilled facilitator of the puck. And he's got one assist in almost 20 games. Now, to his credit, I mean, he's been at practices. He's been putting in the work since he's been in the lineup. He, he's been doing everything he can. It would seem. Nobody's pointing the finger at Ekblad or complaining about him. Like whatever he's going through, he's putting in the work to get through it. And he's stayed in the lineup and he's done his best to be the guy that we know he can be. But at this point, you just have to hope that he can get right in the off season, get back to feeling like his usual self and get back on the track that he 
really been building for himself since he was before he was drafted. I mean, you know, he was a he was viewed as one of the best. He was a number one overall pick for crying out loud. You want to root for him. He's a great, great man. Nice guy. He stood, talked to the press. And, and like I said, you, you just respect somebody that puts in the work. But it's been a tough year for Eki. And yeah, you just got, got to hope that he gets right. And that's really it. Um, There's not really a whole lot else I wanted to touch on this podcast. I did want to mention uh, Paul Maurice in terms of his uh, job security, longevity, whatever you want to call it, I would not expect any changes with the Panthers coaching staff. I mean, well, I don't want to say with the coaching staff because that that's on Paul Maurice and what he, you know, what he wants to do with his assistant coaches. I, I don't think anybody internally, based on conversations that I've had, it doesn't seem like anybody is pointing the finger at Paul Maurice in terms of the the what's gone wrong this season. I think there's the obvious things that you can talk about, whether it's injuries, guys being out of the lineup, missing, you know, Barkov for a big chunk of earlier in the season. You know, obviously now with Sam Bennett, his his absence has really kicked the team in the teeth a little bit at, at the worst possible time. Um, whether it's the inability to do anything about it because of the salary cap, there's been games where they've had to dress less than 20 players. Uh, and this is all while, you know, trying to trying to put into play new systems, a new mindset, just really changing a lot internally with the way that the game is played with the Panthers compared to what it was a little bit, you know, we know, Wild West, run and gun, uh, a lot of fun. Couldn't get past Tampa Bay in back-to-back years, but it was fun. And, you know, what, what's your bar, Panthers fans? You've went forever without even sniffing the playoffs. Now you've been there three years running, got to the second round last year, but what's the bar? The bar internally was the Stanley Cup. That's the bar. And you got to get past Tampa. You have to be good enough to win in the playoffs to get to the Stanley Cup. So I understand. I do. The changes that were made. And you know what? If Bill Zito and Matt Caldwell and all the hockey brains that they put together up there, if they went through their due diligence and said Paul Maurice is the guy that's going to do that, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I'm going to give them more than one season, a season like the one they just had, to see it through. And that's the vibe that I'm getting, that I've gotten really all year. Whether it's been talking to guys on the record, I spoke to Bill Zito extensively about a week or two ago, um, and, and certainly something that I brought up, whether it's been conversations throughout the year, different ranks here or there, just side chats. I, the, the over overall vibe that I've gotten is the one that I just conveyed. And that's this, this season is not on Paul Maurice. And I would not expect any kind of a coaching change. I would expect the team to continue to build as best they can on what they've been taught this year. I would expect off-season moves to be made of players that fit into what's trying to be built. Do you try and go out and get a Sam Bennett, another Sam Bennett-like player, a speed-grit type center? 
there's certainly plenty of skill to surround with some grit on in the forward ranks. And again, that this is obviously going to be a later podcast when we get closer to the offseason, but just thinking in terms of Kachuk, Verhage, Reinhardt, Duclair, you got all these talented, high-end type offensive wingers. And then you've got your Barkov, amazing two-way. You've got your Bennett, and we've talked a lot just in this podcast about what Bennett does as a center. After that, I mean, there's a lot to like about E2 Oosterein and his ascension. I don't think anybody is jumping ship on Anton Lundell. There's a reason that the sophomore slump is something that's kind of universally known. It's not necessarily a valid excuse or anything that the player is going to accept, but... Having a good rookie year, struggling your next year only to continue to ascend. And he's still so young. Was he 21, 22 years old? So, when I, the comparison that I've kind of made in my head, if you're, you'll bear with me here, when looking at the Panthers the last few years, is the Rangers of the early 90s, where there was a lot of changes both internally, culturally, they brought in Marc Messier. They got really good one year. They won the President's Trophy. Uh, lost in, I think, the second round. The first or second round. It was a division rival type series against the Penguins. Then the next year, no playoffs. Big step back. Lots of injuries that year. Then the next year, Stanley Cup. It all comes together. And I'm not saying the... Yeah, you know, the Rangers went out and got Mike Keenan that year too. They made a change. I, I think the Panthers may have made that change a year ahead. I'm not saying it's you know mirror images, but it, it just there is similarities. It's quite a few similarities. So the future is bright, and yeah, I say that almost cringing because where I sit now, where we sit now, it's not. Ideal, especially a week ago, they were in the eighth spot. They were on a point streak, but that Sam Bennett injury, woof, man, has that hurt things. All right, not gonna harp anymore. Said what I had to say. Gonna wrap it up. Thank you for listening, guys. Appreciate you uh, tuning in to episode number sixty-three of the Chirping the Cats podcast. Still blows my mind that we've done this many of these. Um, thank you for coming back and listening and commenting and. I really do uh, I enjoy it and I appreciate you guys uh, as you know if you're a fan of my work you can find my written Panthers coverage over at local10.com or on the local 10 app as well uh, if you don't already please give me a follow on Twitter at David Dwork for all my daily coverage of the Panthers and hockey in general and if you haven't already if you just kind of stumbled onto this podcast and you're like ooh kind of like this please smash the subscribe button on this one leave a good rating good comment all that good stuff is appreciated let me know what you think you know what honest Honest rating, honest comment. Let me know what you think. If it's good, all the better, but let's live in an honest world, shall we? Um, so until next time, everyone, please take care of yourselves. Stay safe, be kind, and as always, stay cool. See ya.